0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the For The Girl podcast. Today's episode is for the girl who is fed up with her quiet time. Have you ever been there? Because I know I have. You will love today's episode because we invited our friend Megan Miller to share her story and also challenge us in how we can make spending time with God a priority. This episode is so good and you are going to love it as we learn ways together to reshape and re Ignite our time with the Lord.
1: Welcome to the For the Girl podcast. Join best friends Mackenzie Wilson and Mackenzie Baker from Delight Ministries as they talk about all things relationships, faith, and, well, girls. This podcast
0: is for the girl expectant for her future, for the girl who is ready to grow, and for the girl who needs some honest answers. Get ready because this is for you. Hello everybody! We are so excited about today. We got a special guest. A special guest, part of the Delight family. The one and only on the mic, Megan Miller. I'm here! (laughs) What a good intro. (laughs) She was shimming her shoulders. She did. We gotta tell them a little bit about Megan
1: before we jump into today's episode. So, Megan, first off, is... Awesome. She works for Delight. She's the director of operations. Basically, Basically she keeps runs us sane. Delight. <laughs> yeah, yes. like if Megan wasn't here, Delight would be in shambles. <laughs> it's true. Not so true. Megan, she's an Enneagram three, she thinks. But, but maybe a, a one, maybe an eight. Yes.
2: I am still up in the air on that. Okay. So to be continued. But yes, Megan she, is also
0: yes. a mom and a wife to Brian.
1: We love Brian. Maybe we should have Brian on the podcast sometime. <laughs> that yes. would be interesting. <laughs> he is tall, lanky, professional baseball player. Oh, yeah. Ex. An
2: ex professional baseball we'll player.
1: We'll hear some more about yeah. that story.
2: Yeah.
0: Yes. But Megan is also an incredible author, an incredible speaker, blogger, writer. Although I feel like you're kind of like, the blog's been quiet lately. Are you the gonna bring it back? The blog's been
2: quiet because I don't know how much people read blogs. That's true. Mm. I just don't know if it's the best use of my time. But mm. I'm down for a good Insta story every once in a while. And I feel yeah. like that's yeah, kind of blog. become my outlet. Yes. Although that's far and few between. It feels a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. I got to get into the rhythm.
0: Yeah. Wow. And one more thing to say about Megan. Megan is one of those people that I feel like I have looked up to for so long. She, Mm -hmm. seriously, just like the things that Megan does in her walk with Jesus are incredible and powerful, and you're going to hear all about that later in this episode, and we're so pumped, but I'm really excited because today we got to jump into Mac and Ken's mess up. Mac
2: and Ken's mess up. Really looking
0: forward. The best part of this is that Megan, uh, the, the, the answer in the office is that we all make fun of each other a lot. and Sometimes it goes too far. But today we got a really good moment where we get to laugh about something that Ken's did
2: recently. Yes. She's a really easy, fun one to laugh at. So I'm looking yes. really excited. Just a little squirrely. Like Ken <laughs>
1: performs, though. She performs for the laughs. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm like just going big for the laughs. Okay, okay. okay Ken, so this is, this is a good one. <laughs> Honestly, Megan plays a part in this. She so does, yeah. Big, huge mess up. <laughs> I recently decided or was convinced that I should go to therapy and I think I need to go. So yeah. was pretty excited about good. it. Yep was asking around for recommendations for therapists and Megan sent me a great one. Her name's Susan. Shout out to Susan. Shout out to Susan. If you live in Nashville. <laughs> I can't believe where <laughs> it like, <laughs> might happen. <laughs> well giving anyways, the details. Okay, okay. So anyways, I was like, it took me forever to schedule this counseling or therapy session because I was like a little nervous like when I say I was convinced to go like multiple people had to convince me it was a serious matter that needed to be dealt with but what I was just really scared really nervous like I mean I feel like therapy is just sitting down and like well it's so scary you are also like the Enneagram 7 not that I know that much about
0: Enneagram but don't don't they hate therapy? Yes. <laughs>
2: and just like always want to have fun. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, always therapy have doesn't fun. sound very fun. I'll give you that. Yes.
0: Honestly, you and I had a conversation recently where I think I looked at you and I said, I think that sounds like a you problem. And you were like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, ouch. I was like,
1: ooh, got to go to therapy. <laughs> Another confirmation. <laughs> so anyways, I was so scared. I text Susan. You know, we would communicate via text. Hip, I guess. Hip That's very cool for a therapist. Yeah, yeah, I know. She's cool. So I texted her. I'm like, Susan, I honestly canceled her once because I was like, shoot, I got to, like, this is, I mean, it was just hard to commit to. Yeah. Um, well, honestly, canceled on her for a very valid reason, which we will explain on another Mac and Ken's mess up. But um, oh, yeah, wow. to come. It okay. will come. But okay. anyways, um, I got an appointment with her. I am like, oh my gosh, so scared, so nervous. Then a couple days later, I get a FaceTime on my phone in the office. From a random number, From right? a random number, but it was 615, which is the Nashville area code. She's like, so. should I answer? And I am yeah. like, I mean, yeah, why not? Mac is sitting across the table. And I was like, okay. I was like, I'll just answer. It could be something with delight. I opened it up and like the FaceTime angle on the other side was like her chin-ish, but like some gray hair. And I just look at the FaceTime and I saw this old er lady. And I go, my first response was and she like throws the phone she was really like "Ooh!" I straight up thought it was like a stalker person like trying to see my (laughs) face on FaceTime I was like what happened what was that and she's like I don't know it was an Older lady. <laughs> yeah, and then she texts me the 615 number is like, so sorry, it's Susan. I don't kind of you. Susan. And like, that was the first impression of my therapist. Like, ugh, So off Was to your a bad first start. therapy meeting like awkward? Was, was she it like was not addressed? Did, she probably needs therapy for the fact that you <laughs> yeah. said you when she answered. Like, wow. It wasn't even addressed? It wasn't addressed. Oh. I don't know that she heard the, you you clearly. So, like, I'm just praying she didn't. It, yeah you know. seriously got a lot of grace yeah yeah but maybe we should have talked about it i mean it was therapy <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah
2: maybe so next good. session you should be like susan
1: about we that. gotta get the elephant out yeah. of the room like i know you're I'm going really to therapy sorry. because this yeah. this. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah that's a good moment well yeah. we're proud of you kens for taking that thank step. You. thank you
1: i think that's you. a really big step but enough about you yes about megan here So Megan, so actually Megan and I met when we were in college, her older sister basically forced us on a late night coffee date. This is true. When she first moved to Nashville. And yeah, over that coffee date, I got a glimpse of how cool and amazing Megan is and also heard a lot of her story, which I
2: want you to share to the listeners now. So forced is an understatement. I was sitting (laughs) in my sister's college apartment and... Telling her my story, I, at the time, was going into my sophomore year at University of Oregon, and I had become a Christian over my spring break of freshman year, and when I tell you that everything started to change, literally just my desires, my friendships, my Mm -hmm. priorities, my major, everything, and Mm -hmm. I was telling Taylor all of this and just said, I just don't know how I can go back to Oregon. And it yeah. wasn't about Oregon. It just was about me. Because when I initially went there, I followed an old boyfriend. I rushed because it seemed mm. like the fastest way to make friends. I partied my face off, also seemed like the fastest way to make friends. Yeah. And found myself in this cycle, which I always think is so ironic because all I wanted was approval from all of these friends. Yeah, And it wasn't the friend's fault. It was that I made status and popularity and all this stuff really like my god and was Mm -hmm. like this is this is it for me like I Mm -hmm. the only way I'm going to be happy the only way I'm going to be successful is like I need to act this way and kind of fit in with this group and all of that ended up like really being my demise like it's Mm -hmm. the stereotypical like college story that you hear of just hitting my rock bottom I was like eaten alive and every time I was around those friends I would have to do like more drink more smoke more weed do like hook up with more guys like actually end up spending the night with guys and like going Mm -hmm. further and further and further because I was just trying to like get there and Mm -hmm. solidify it and act like I didn't care and it didn't affect me and I can remember a few times feeling this is like February, March-ish, I'm like starting to feel that conviction. And it's mm-hmm. so the Lord in my life being like, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. And I remember specifically yeah. walking to a frat house and I'm like going to hook up with this guy. And I hear God being like, you don't need to do it. And I, mm-hmm. in my mind, yeah, I go, you're not real. I'm doing it mm-hmm. and going there. And I feel like that for me was this. And then I did it. I went mm-hmm. there, spent the night, and the next morning being like, you didn't really mean that. And mm. you know that he's real. Yeah. And yeah. like you feel something, you feel an emptiness right now because you know this isn't working. Mm. And spring break was a few weeks later. I was at an Easter Sunday service with my family, and a woman got up and shared her testimony. Her name's Becky Tirabasi. And her testimony could have been mine, and I could not believe it. And She talked about her pit and her emptiness, and it was the same exact thing as me, and she's 30 years older than me. Mm -hmm. And I thought, she seems pretty excited about this, and I'm just going to go for it based off of her whim of faith. So I'm sitting in Taylor's apartment telling her this whole story. I'm like, I became a Christian. I'm spending time with God. Everything's different. She goes, you kind of sound like my friend Mackenzie. You should meet up with her. At Fido, and we walked down there, and I'm telling Ken's all of this, and she was like, you got to transfer. You got to do it. I'm starting this Bible study. It's called Delight. We just started. I don't... Had you started it yet, or were you about to start it? What year of college was it? That was your... It was my sophomore year, your junior. So you had started it. Yeah, You had started it. You're like, it's really fun. There's a ton of girls that go. You'd have friends right away. She's like selling, selling me. She's like, trust (laughs) me, you're not going to be alone. There's a ton of people like you, like you're going to fit in. My professors are like my mentors. And at the time I was passionate about ministry, but I almost felt like going back to Oregon was more destructive for me because Mm -hmm. I could not figure out how to love my friends Yeah. And that's like something that I think about, not a lot, but like of all the like regrets, I guess, in my life. Yeah. That initial transformation over spring break. And then when I went back to school, and when all of a sudden I like was this Christian girl now, and I was like the queen of the party. And all the, and then I'm like, no, partying is so bad. Or, you know, and I just like had this, this protection over my like, sobriety and holiness and all this stuff. And I knew it was good, but I didn't know how to like love them and hang out with them. And I felt like if I did, I would just fall right back. And I totally isolated myself from them and it felt super judgy and all this stuff. And I had this anxiety about going back to Oregon, just that I need to know why I'm doing the things that I'm doing. I wanted to learn more about the Bible, about theology, about ministry And then maybe one day I'd find my way back to like a non-Christian campus and get to really pour into ministry. But for where I was in my life, I knew that I needed to make a change. So after Ken's and I's coffee date, I went back to Taylor. And of course, like every big sister is, I told her she was right. Ken's (laughs) is awesome. And I should transfer to Belmont. And on the plane ride back to California where my family lived, I got on the plane's Wi-Fi and dropped out of Oregon. And I was like, God, I know that you're going to make a place for me. And I didn't know if it was going to be Belmont because this Mm -hmm. is like late July. And I didn't have an expectation, but I just knew like after our conversation, my conversations with Taylor and my quiet time, I just knew it like became clear that I just couldn't really go Mm -hmm. back there right now. Maybe I took a semester off. Maybe I went to like Chapman or like OCC Mm -hmm. or something. But I just had I felt like I needed to just make a move, and God, w- I was just yeah. like, God, you got to make something happen. My mom picks me up from the airport. She's like, how's your trip? I was like, Amazing. Dropped out of school. I'm gonna go into full time <laughs> ministry. My mom's worst
0: nightmare. Oh my gosh, Dropped my mom school, was mom. like,
2: Okay, wow, <laughs> what a trip. Like I'm going to visit Taylor for a weekend, and all of a sudden everything in my life is changing. Yeah. But it was that's mm. a felt like a long version of our coffee date, but that kind of is how I got to our date and how I ended up at Belmont in Nashville in the whole nine yards. That's
1: so good. I love what you said about I love that story because of how much faith you had in like God's um, God providing for you mm-hmm. like a, a college and just making it happen and paving a way like we so often just like stay in our comfort zone and hold on to like things of our past because it's comfortable or because making a move is too dramatic or too scary but that says so much of your faith and belief and what God can do in that moment it's like yeah. so huge
0: and not many people are willing to make moves when they don't know the next move and I think that that is like a picture of faith you make the move before you know what the next step is and then God yeah. Like opens the door for those next steps which is so cool and I think like the biggest reason like we wanted to to bring you on today and to have this conversation is to really um talk to girls who are fed up with this whole idea of quiet time yeah, and this whole idea of, you know, waking up in the morning and and reading your Bible and all this stuff. And I think there's so many girls out there who are in coming from different places. Some Mm -hmm. girls have like, you know, been doing this their whole lives. And honestly, it's just boring now. And it's just like, they're not engaged. They're not excited about it. They're kind of like, what is the point of this? Some girls have literally never had a quiet time yeah. in their life. And they're like, what does it even look like? How do you do that? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And then some girls are just stuck in the striving of it all. Like they're just right. like, I'm doing mm-hmm. it. And like, I'm just not getting anything out of it. And yeah. like, I just, mm-hmm. I check it off my list, but like, I'm not hearing from God. And mm-hmm. so I think I have always been so inspired with your story because, you know, you had this dramatic life change. Like you were living one way, one day, and then the next way, the next day. And the thing that totally transformed your life was um, this idea of spending time with Jesus, hearing from Jesus every single day. And we've all watched it transform your life and like the lives around Mm -hmm. you. And so like there Mm -hmm. has to be something that you're doing that, that is mad, that matters. And that is, you know, causing you to encounter God. And so I think like, Mm
1: -hmm. I
0: just want to kind of, for people to get to hear your story and that, like, where did this come from? Like, where did it start? And like,
2: how at first did it just kind of like change everything for you? Yeah. So that same speaker that I referenced in my testimony that got up at Easter and was sharing about her transformation, she wrote a book Well, she's written many books, but one of them was called The Burning Heart Contract. She also has covered a daily Bible. So obviously she didn't like write the Bible, but um, (laughs) she sells it under her like publishing house and she has a prayer journal. So after I became a Christian at this Easter Sunday service, I go home and I'm just sobbing to my parents because you know how it is. You don't really tell your parents like my parents obviously knew I was having fun in college, but they didn't understand where I really (laughs) was personally. Yeah, And I cannot Mm. get a grip and I'm not a big crier. And I just couldn't Mm. even speak. My mom's like, what is going on? Like, "Ah, I just, I don't know. And knock at the door and it's Becky, the woman who spoke. I didn't know that my parents were friends with her. Um, And she just takes one look at me and is like, whoa, what is going on with your daughter? She prayed over me. I went to bed. The next morning, I was leaving for school, and I was terrified. And I'm packing up the car the next morning, and she shows up in the alley. And she has that burning heart contract, a daily Bible, and her prayer journal. Mm -hmm. She had opened up the Bible and written her phone number in the cover and said, I don't really know you well. I don't know your story. Here's my number. Start on the day's date. Just start reading day one of this devotional. It's a 21-day devotional. Like, this is all I have, but I know it works, so just try it. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, she knew I was desperate. She's like, this is, like, the only resource that I have. And I I love this point of my story because at the time, there was no – like, I never thought, okay, I'm going to do this, and then in six years, I'm going to be working full-time for a ministry. I was merely surviving. I was not trying to be, like, the prayer girl, the – Whatever, I just was like, will this get me through the day? Will this help me get back to Oregon? Will this help me like function there? So I got this was April 1st, 2013, this first day that I started to read my Bible. And I went to the day's date, read it, read this devotional book, and just started to write down my prayers. And it's funny that you talk about like my big faith in transferring to Oregon because honestly, that really was just a reflection of kind of my attitude at the beginning of my time with God. I was this, like, you better be good. You better be right. Like, this kind of had this, like, you better be worth it. Because in my mind, mm-hmm. I wa- it, although it was destructive, it was fun. And I was popular. And I had friends. And, like, guys yeah. liked me. And I'm thinking, I'm about to give all this up. Like, you better be worth it. Yeah. And it sounds nasty to say, but I just think that that's true. Like, it seems like if we're Mm going to become Christians in college, it's a trade for fun. And everyone around you is saying, this is the time of your life that you can have fun. You can do anything that you want. Like, when you're out of college, you can get serious with your faith. You can get discipline. You can do all this, but now is the time. Like mm-hmm. you're only young ones, on your parents' money, whatever. Just all this stuff that I was buying that I was like, yeah, that's so much better than anything else. So I'm yeah. sitting down with God and I'm like, I need you to take away my desire to drink, honestly. I need you to Make me okay. I, I need confidence. Like I didn't even I couldn't even tell my friends that I'd become a Christian. I literally told them I was on a cleanse. I'm not kidding. And they were like, <laughs> Oh, good for you. You know, girls are like, <laughs> That's like awesome. Girls, nice, nice, nice. I know. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm just like on a cleanse. I couldn't even speak the words like Christian, Bible, none of that. Yeah. It was so hard for me. So in those beginning stages, how it really started was me watching Becky and her transformation and trusting Her recommendation and being like, I know it doesn't make sense to you right now, but I promise you it's worth it. So in my life, I've just always tried to be that person that that goes out and is like, I know this is weird, but trust me, like just just try it just go for it because I think that's a hard thing to do like we always want to be like you do you you do you and we don't really want responsibility for someone's actions yeah. like if something mm-hmm. if I set you up on a blind date and all of a sudden it's terrible like I kind of feel awkward because like that's my guy friend you know and yeah. I you just don't want to be that person that's like oh you should try this and then they like hate their meal and now you're like oh shoot <laughs> but you just have to like be yeah. so Becky was so strong in her conviction of her life transformation and the fruit that she was getting from it that she yeah. was like I know you'll love it and I know it'll change your life. And I know this is the best thing for you. So the, the resolve that she had and if you met her or if you've met her or heard her talk or read her books, you would understand like even on those days. So she taught me the day before make a one hour appointment with God, like make it as practical, non-romantic, simple, Like strategic, logistical, like just like you plan a doctor's appointment, a dentist appointment, go to class, do your homework, you have chapter, you have whatever, like sports practice. Mm -hmm. Look at your planner one day in advance, make a one hour slot and just show up like Mm -hmm. that's that's like how it started. And that's it. It wasn't like this romantic high this or that. It was just like, okay, here I am. Some days it was at 6 a.m. before my 8 a.m. class. Some days it was at 4 p.m. But like after my three o'clock before my night class and the key to success in my mind is a one day in advance. If you start to get like every single day at 445 a.m. on Mm. my porch, I'm going to be doing this. It just doesn't happen because then and then you feel super guilty and like really ashamed when all of a sudden like you didn't show up for that appointment. And then you're like, oh, gosh, well. Whatever, like, I'll just do it tomorrow. But then you just don't really come back to it because that time doesn't work for you. Not yeah. Every day is different and things come up. So if you can just look up the next day and be like, OK, perfect, like this slot's clear. And i found that the more intentional you are with a specific time slot, I know it sounds so like rigid, but sometimes rigid is what we really need to make a habit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you can do that consistently, all of a sudden you're you're making time. You're not, mm-hmm. it's not like some huge sacrifice, like big deal thing. It's just like that's just part of your routine and that's what you do. So this is your slot. Tomorrow this is your slot. The next day, this is your slot. Mm-hmm. And it's just a part of the way that you operate. So I started to do that, and prayer is a hard sell. Whenever I tell this story, I'm like, ugh. Like it sounds, it's just hard to tell someone when you spend time in God's word, he's going to change your whole entire life. Sometimes people don't want that. They're like, yeah. I feel like I got to get thing going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of my change has been painful. Like there's a lot of parts of me that I thought were really good. Like even that, like I wanted to go back to Oregon. I felt like I could make a huge change there. And God's like, you can't go back there. Yeah, You are destroying my yeah. reputation with yeah. this like, Mm -hmm. attitude of Mm -hmm. like righteousness there like you need to learn a little bit more about me and get over yourself and then you can go back into ministry Mm -hmm. yeah and that felt that felt that kind of hurt so I think that my prayer life has become this like Right when I got back to Oregon, like, please take away, like, my temptations. Like, temptation was a huge thing for me. I felt like if I went, like, one inch, I would be gone a mile. You see that all the time. People have, like, these high highs at, like, a conference or event. And then the next week, they're just, like, done in the dumps. And I just, I didn't want that to be my story. I was over that life. I really wanted a genuine transformation, and that helped. But Mm. I saw him answer that prayer, and I would move on to something else. And I would be like, all right you seem to work on the temptations. Like, what about my major? I don't really think I wanted to be an econ major. Like show me if there's another way to do that. And, and he started to answer these tiny, like kind of bratty, but also just like, I just was, t- I was like, you're the God of the universe. Let's see what you got. Like kind of like, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. give me new that. friends, give me a youth group, give me a Christian community, give me all these things. So that like Oregon transfer moment was just the foundation and the building blocks of me and, seeing god's faithfulness in full and the only way to do that was to like take leaps and now i have big faith because i've given i've learned that he's trustworthy in my time with god i realized like okay, the more I get to know him, I can really trust him. And the more I trust him, I like really grow to love him. And the more I love him, I can live for him. But we can't live for God without going back to that moment. And that Mm. just daily decision to know him, because knowing him is the foundation that creates huge acts of faith. Yeah. And that's Mm. where I find that I'm most frustrated is when I'm trying to do something for God or with God. and, And I find myself getting like wavering anxious. I'm like, oh, I know what I need to do right now. I need mm-hmm. to remind myself of who he is because that's obviously yeah. what's missing here. Yeah, yeah, that's so good.
1: Okay, so you, it sounds like you started off having an hour a day with the Lord. Like, so impressive. So, I love the planning a day ahead. Mm-hmm. Love all of this. I want to be more like that. Have you <laughs> have you kept it up? I mean, how long has it been? Have you, so are you still doing an hour a day?
2: I do, the answer is yes. But, can we just address that Ken just looked at me and was like, oh did you feel <laughs> no, insecure
1: about your question? No, 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 no.
2: It's good. No, question. Don't feel insecure about your question. It's a good question to ask. The answer is yes, but I have not done one single hour every single day for six years. Yeah. yeah. I've I have read God's word every single day for six years. And I'm not trying to be proud. I just yeah. feel like I've I understand now mm. the depth of it and how mm. important it is. it's just, it's honestly non-negotiable. Yeah. As a believer and as like yeah. just I don't know. For me personally, it hasn't always looked like an hour and it hasn't always looked like the same. But I I make sure that I spend time every single day in God's word. And it yeah. just is really important to me sometimes. Yeah. It's like just God's word it's 20 minutes I'm reading my daily bible it has you go to the day's date it has the new testament old testament psalm and a proverb I am such a creature of habit like I've done the same thing for six years and that sounds so weird to people Mm -hmm. but for me I'm just not I'm not that like I'm just gonna sit down and like wherever the wind blows me I'm gonna read it if I don't have a plan it's not gonna happen yeah. Like I need, <laughs> mm-hmm. I need my daily Bible. Cause I just know, okay, today, July 19th, boom, here we go. Romans. And I'm like in it and it's perfect. It's there for me and I can plan it and it's easy, but mm-hmm. I haven't always had the time. And sometimes just like when I've been down, I'm like, I don't really feel like journaling. I'm sick of hearing myself talk and I don't really want to do it. So I just need God's word right now. Yeah. And like we, I'm sure we'll talk about Brian's baseball, but Brian, my husband, played professional baseball for four years. And those were some lonely times. He played. He's incredible. He got injured two years in and rehabbed for two years. And when he finally came back, they released him. So in those two years of rehab where he's trying to come off this injury, there was a ton of resentment with God where I just was like, (laughs) it's just funny. Like, he's doing so well. This is probably 2015. And 16. Pitching the best he's ever pitched, his stats like best in the organization, and you know I'm thinking you're welcome. Like obviously I'm pr- I pray for you every single day. Like I don't <laughs> my ears work. Yeah, I'm like thank you <laughs> Jesus. Like I have been praying for this man for years. Like he is never injured, always flawless, like incredible athlete, like huge leader on his team, and I am just like just riding it and he gets injured and I'm like really you have the nerve to <laughs> injure him like I yeah. I have I like done all of this for nothing and there have been moments in my life where I realized that I was really really praying for something with so much selfish ambition like mm-hmm. and me just all of a sudden thinking like I am holding this all up and if I don't do my hour tomorrow like it's all gonna crumble mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's just a reality. And I think that it's just like, I, I hate that that's true, but I catch myself in those moments and by God's grace, he like brings that to my attention. And I do not think that God injured Brian to show me that lesson. Yeah. I think that it was something good that came of a bad incident, but I realize yeah. like, yeah, I really had a lot of stake in that. And like some of those moments where I like was mad at God, I didn't really spend an hour a day, which is ironic because I should have gone even deeper in. But just like reading God's word and being like, I know you're good. I know you're good. But right now I'm mad. Yeah. And that was kind of my prayer for the day of like, I understand you're God, but what the heck? (laughs) Have you lost control of the ship? Because things are not going well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's
0: like so... Cool, honestly, that you admit admit that even because I think like, gosh, there's just something in Christian culture today that we like love to compare our quiet times to other people's quiet times. Also, the quiet time. Like, what does this mean? What is this word? Can we come up with a better word? We should. We should all like work on this. But Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people, um, gosh, Me in college, like Megan a couple of times like spoke at Delight in college and she shared about her story and I remember hearing it and being like, oh my goodness, Megan does an hour a day and I was like... "I." And I'm really competitive. I'm the youngest of four kids, so, like, I love to compete. Put me in the game. Like, I'm like, let's go. And so I remember hearing that and being like, oh, I'm going to do an hour a day. Like, I got this. And I would, like, start, you know, get maybe, like, four or five days in. And then, like, day six would come around. It'd be the end of the day. I hadn't spent any time, like, in the word that day. And I would get to the end of the day and be like, oh, I failed. I'm done. And then you sit in this time of shame and, like, these like walls start to build up with you and God and like suddenly quiet time, this time with God doesn't become about like an encounter with your father. It becomes about like trying to medicate the shame you feel or oh trying to medicate yes. the, um, disappointment you feel in your life or yourself. And, and so like for the girls that are maybe in that, for people who are like literally sitting in that, they're like, yeah, I skipped my quiet time yesterday. And like, I am like dealing with that today. And yeah. And I haven't done it for weeks because I'm just frustrated. Like, what do you say to people who are just kind of stuck in that striving cycle and are stuck in that, like the medicating cycle rather than like seeing it as an encounter with God?
2: I think that we just always need to remember that his mercies are new every day. Yeah. He is not a God who's mad at you ever. And I think that that's what we feel. We feel this like, oh, I disappointed him or I don't know, like, Oh, I kind of like missed it. And you, God is not a God of scarcity. He's not a God who's mad at you. He has no, you don't need, really, you don't need to spend time with him. He's not, yeah. there's no contingency in the gospel of like, you'll get into heaven if you spend time with me. But if not, sorry.
1: Yeah. He's,
2: he <laughs> just wants you. He yeah. wants you to, to catch him and he wants you to develop a trust and a relationship with him that creates such True intimacy that he feels really real in your life. Like that's all he wants is just this like John 15, like abide in me. Mm -hmm. And like what Mm -hmm. that really means is creating like a banter and a relational aspect. And I would say to that girl, What what do you think? Who do you think God is? Like, how how do you see God? And maybe that's more important than like, did you spend time with God? Yeah. I would really challenge that girl to dig into find specific verses, I don't know, like Google or like go through your Bible or something that like any time that it's like, he is blank. He is blank. Keep a list of it. He mm-hmm. is faithful. He is shepherd. He is father. He yeah. is this. And then if you can sit down in your quiet time with that lens of like, oh, he loves me. Mm-hmm. You don't care if you didn't spend the last six months with him. Like you just want him like you like, wow, I want to be with that person that loves me so much. It's like going to the mall with your best friend. It it shouldn't feel like it shouldn't feel like forced, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's hard to say because I know that it's God and it's a discipline. It's all that. But, but for me at least like it feels like refreshing, like okay, I just need like, he knows me. He also is the only one that knows how this is going to play out. And I find a lot of comfort in that. Like I can pray to God knowing like he's handled this Mm -hmm. and kind of that way that you like go to your parents. Like you're, if you came to your mom and was like, oh my gosh, mom, I just had like the worst breakup of my life. She wouldn't be like, well, I mean, you didn't call me last week, so sorry. Like that's just, you need to stop compartmentalizing Mm -hmm. God as this God who's like, I don't know, wants to just make you feel so bad for who you are. He created you. He knows that. I'd start off being like, God, I hate that I feel shame. I hate that I feel bad for not sitting down with you tomorrow. Like, fix that in me. Give me a desire to spend time in your word. Give me the discipline. Like, just pray literally. Like, don't try to pray and sound like, dear Heavenly Father, please give me da-da-da. Be like, God, I am not really in the mood for this, but I know that you're here. Can you just show me your love for me? Show me this. And like, I think that a lot of shame and a lot of like striving comes from a disconnect with just the everyday God. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that we think that we have to go to him for like, please be with my husband, wherever he is. I love him. And you're like, Single as a Pringle, and it just seems like far and not really like yeah relevant. Yeah, pray about mm-hmm. things that are relevant. Like, God, give me the focus that I need to study for this test. Give me the words to say to my mom when I don't really have a great yeah. relationship with her. Like, if we're praying about practical things and bringing mm-hmm. God into the everyday, the shame and the like striving aspect for me just kind of dissipates yeah. because I'm like, oh, this is like friend God. This is everyday God. This is like Father God. Not yeah. like mad at me, big man in the sky, God, you know, does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
2: good. For sure. And
1: I think oftentimes when you guys are both speaking, it just is a reminder of how often we have quote unquote quiet time, time with Jesus because of, because other people are doing it. It's the Christian thing to do because we see the, this cute thing on Instagram about it or because it's a, we, are religious, but yeah it's and I love that it's personable, it's relevant, it's needed. It's yeah. So Megan, what honestly like what's like one biggest reason that keeps you coming back to having to this like time with the Lord every single day? What's like what what keeps you coming back?
2: I think that what really keeps me coming back is the fullness that I feel after like i i'm introverted i have a big family i am a mom i'm a wife i work here i work for a ministry like and i can it's just so exhausting for me to to do those things and i don't think it's cuz i'm introverted i think that i just like try really hard and i think that i need to feel full yeah. to like lead my life and it sounds weird to say that but it's just like i love God pouring into me and I like giving out of that and another thing that really keeps me coming back is how much I've seen him open up my perspective like there have been times where I'm like I I don't really feel sometimes I just like don't really feel that loved by Brian and this sounds weird but just go with me for a second like you know, when you start to like put a lot of stake on someone like you guys probably do it. Like Mac is like all of a sudden, like really Mac and Ken's are so close. And when one person is like starting to like cold shoulder, like you start to feel it. And I feel that sometimes with Brian or like he's super busy or he's sucked up in this. And I I found the most awesome thing about God is that when I go to him for the need, it opens me up to receive it in so many other ways. When I go to Brian for that need and he falls short, Like my, I'm just like, it kind of crumbles and I'm like upset. And I found like it, Brian's one example, but like my passion and my love for speaking and sharing my story, like if I put that weight on delight and I was like so upset every single day at work, like, oh, well, I mean, I'm not writing anything. I'm not doing anything. And then it causes like resentment and bitterness in our relationship and my role. And it kind of like blocks me. And instead being like, God, will you give me opportunity to share my story so I think that that's really what keeps me coming back is like the openness and the mm. endless opportunity and like the promises that he has for me will be fulfilled because he's God of the universe, not because I got this job of delight. Like I'm not going to become successful because I work here. I'm going to be successful because my father loves me and not I'm not going to always feel loved because I married Brian. Like I'm always going to feel loved because that's the father's heart for me. So it's like, renewing my perspective and renewing my mind that like I'm going to be okay because of him yeah because it just and when I start to like shift my focus to someone else it's so crazy how quick everything changes like Mm. I don't know how to like better say that but that's really like the perspective shift that I need every day is like why I just have to like start there yeah that's so good. I
0: love that. I think that there are so many times in our lives that we do we look to everything else before God, um, and I know like I've been there so many times in my life. But it's so
2: easy to do. Yeah, it is so easy. It's, it's like so you're right here. Yeah, I can just put my perspective in you. Like yeah. to have to Be put like my encourage per- me. Yeah, to put yeah. like my stake in invisible. Yeah. God that like is in the sky or like in you know it's just like the Holy Spirit I'm like okay cool like the wind it's just <laughs> yeah. it's hard what is that? It's so easy to just like see yeah. someone tangible and grab it and it's yeah. not you like don't feel shame for that. No, anyone not like, at all because that's so normal. It's yeah. so normal. It's so counterintuitive to like look to the Holy Spirit to look to do just all this. That's why I have to spend time with God cuz I'm yeah. like train me. I'm like it's like an athlete mindset of like train me, help me to like flex this muscle, help me to like just work this way. And you can't, you have to like reset your mind. Yeah, yeah. And I think that we can all
0: sit here and be like, what you find, like when you actually go to him and yeah. not go to him with the half heart. When you right. go to him with the full whole heart, mm-hmm. he, he wildly exceeds every yeah. expectation. And I feel like we often think like, God doesn't want us to test him. Like, but I think God is like, bring it. Like God yeah. is like, Hey, you think that's gonna make you happy, but like, sure, go try that out. But yeah. then come back to me when you're ready to like feel
2: fullness and feel true joy. And so, and he's not sitting there like, haha, I told you. He's no. like, all right, good. Yeah. Let's get yeah. this show on the road. Yeah, like, like, I love you. And if you need to deal with that, deal with it. And if it brought you closer to me, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's super cool. And I think that um,
0: oftentimes when we talk about stuff like, people who like love spending time with the Lord, we often skip the really hard moments. And so, you know, like when you start the diet and the diet is just going awesome and you're like loving your new bod and you're like loving how you f- and you know how when people go on oh, yeah. to like, I mean, yeah, I look better, but how I feel like, you know, and you're like, you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh, you're yeah. so annoying. Yeah. Um, and they're like, how it feels so amazing. But then yeah. that cupcake comes around and you're like shoot I'm eat the it's cupcake it's like the
2: vortex force yeah, just like yeah. pulling you together yeah. yeah I'm
0: like nobody can tell me that they yeah. just are forever gonna give up cupcakes so I want to know like for you like has there been a moment like when was the moment that you like were so close to giving up and just like throwing in the towel and like god I mean yeah you're you've been good in the past but like right now I'm like does time with you really matter like can yeah. I just be like everybody else like yeah. when's that moment been
2: I think that moment for me has been, and I hate to always bring up Brian's baseball and it's not that baseball was bad. It's that it stripped me from every comfort. We were yeah. living in a, in Florida away from friends, family, all of our community. He was injured. So it wasn't even, it didn't even feel like it was worth it. Cause it wasn't like he was playing like, Before, when we would live all over the country, it was so fun because it was like, oh, he's playing in Kentucky. He's playing in New York and go and watch a game and it's for something. And I think that in those moments where I had no one and I just was like, I mean, where are you? Like, I just I'm not really we I'm not getting it. And I'm I'm showing up every single day and I am spending time and I'm like, at this point need the hour because I'm like, I need some accountability like I know that I I shouldn't walk away, but it's just getting like half hearted, not hearing anything, resentful, like disgruntled. And I just was like, I need someone. And I don't know if you follow me on Instagram. I'm not like trying to plug my Instagram, but like <laughs> I always used to post about this guy, Trevor. And give us a picture of Trevor. Okay. Oh, Trevor. So <laughs> I'm a non- you're living number in Port Charlotte, fan. Florida, AKA old people heaven like it's just like i don't know i if you live in port charlotte i'm sorry but it just wasn't the most exciting place to be yeah and he we lived in an apartment and he was right next door to us and one day i was walking our dog franklin and i just hear this he is i kid you not like four nine he's like the smallest (laughs) if you picture an old man on like a meme that's him like crouched over, so old, so frail, has a walker, wears like one of those old man like hats, you know, those like bowler hats or whatever those are called, glasses, no beard, which kind of surprises me, but smokes like 10 packs a day, smoker, and he's like got his whiskey at like 10 a.m. And he goes, hey, darling. And I turn and look, I'm like, darling. And it's him and he's on his back porch (laughs) and he wants to get Franklin treats. So I'm... This is the cool part about God is like when you're spending time with God, you can like it didn't just have to be like some old man giving Franklin treats like I was praying for someone and something. So I was expectant mm, like I might yeah. not have felt it in the moment, but I know his track record and I knew he would deliver and he would give me yeah. someone. You probably thought it was going to be a 25 year old girl girl who like, yeah. could hang out with me and go to yeah. Starbucks and like go on runs. Yeah, totally.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm
2: like, hmm. Like just kind of looking at him. We start chatting and he's just the most loving, kind, gentle man. And I didn't really talk to him much. I'm honestly, I'm not the friendliest person. So I just was like, not like friendly, but I just like am always like a woman on a mission. I'm like, all right, Franklin, come on, like pulling my dog. I'm like, thanks for the treat. Bye. And like walking on, probably listen to a podcast or something. And we just started to do this loop every day. And I would always see Trevor on the loop. And it's funny because he lived next door, but I never saw him in the front. And... Um, then one day he like, do you want to come in? You want a Coke? He's always like, do you want a Coke? He drink, He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like the man who drinks like six Cokes a day and smokes 10 packs a day. But he's like, <laughs> we just started to chat and started to develop a relationship. And he got to know Brian and had us over for dinner one night. And then we would go watch The Voice with him. And then we'd watch Sunday night football. And we just, be- we really became best friends. And it sounds so weird because I think he was like mid 80s, but he just he saw us like and that's what I needed from God. Like I felt really overlooked and it hurt because I felt like up until that point, God always saw me. I never was alone at Oregon, never alone. Belmont transferring, never alone. Like beginning a marriage, he was there. And then I got to Florida and was like, where are you? Yeah, And Trevor started to see us and see our life and. remember one time like he just went he would walk up the stairs. He could barely walk and he would walk up the stairs to our apartment, like drop off chocolates and be like, thanks for letting Brian hang out with me. And just like acknowledging all these little things of like and speaking life into me as a wife. When I got pregnant, he was the first person that we told Mm. and he cried and said, oh, my Georgia, my Georgiana, who was his wife, who died four years ago she loved strawberries and pickles when she was pregnant. He brought me strawberries and pickles. He would just like, he just, anytime we were coming and going, he would, he like chips were buy one, get one at Kroger. And he like drop them off Aww, at our door. Yeah. And it's just amazing how God, he just, he really does want what's best for you. Yeah. And it's so hard to get out of the way and accept his best. Yeah. Cause like, I did not think that rehab or Florida was our best. It felt like our worst. And, and that really was our best. Mm. And Trevor, like we moved back to Nashville after Brian got released and we go over there to say bye to him. And he just like, it literally like makes me want to cry thinking about it. And he was like weeping and he was like, I was rooting so hard for you and for Brian. And they Mm -hmm. are like, they are fools to lose him or something like that. And it, and everyone else around us was saying that, but It meant the most Most. coming from him because he saw Brian go to rehab twice a day, every day. He saw us like alone. He saw Brian after surgery. He brought us soup after surgery, like all that. Yeah. And when he said that, I was like, thank you for saying that. Like, I really, I love you so much. And he flew for the first time in 30 years to come and meet our baby girl, Jane, when she was born. I know. And then this is like, really sad but he like passed away Mm -hmm. two weeks after he got back from that trip and it just felt like this full circle moment with God where he was like I answered that prayer like you blessed him he blessed you Double yeah like it was like Mm -hmm. truly God's best for both of you and I almost am like was Trevor like just alive for us in that moment like he just his we met him like shortly after his wife died he met us like right when Brian's baseball season was baseball career was coming to an end and we were like the perfect storm of just like we just wanted like connection.
1: Yeah. Mm.
2: And so that like really hard time with God, the part that I felt the most far, I guess, from him was like, wow, this is so cool. Like, and it just builds the, it just builds from there. Like now when I'm in that situation again, cause it's going to happen. Like it's not perfect with God. I just know I'm like, Oh, Trevor, like I know we'll be fine. Yeah, and, and you're looking now. Yeah, and you're, you're look, on the lookout. Yeah, for and you're life. like, God, how are you that's gonna That's why it's me? like, if it feels hard, like don't walk away from God. Like, yeah, mm. any relationship is hard. Like you can't treat God different than you would treat like your best friend. Like obviously, you and your best friend are gonna have tiffs. Like it's just part of the game, and then you get over it, and you learn how to get over it. That's like a huge part of your relationship too, of like coming to god being and like being different every time you go and having a different attitude and and getting over yourself and learning how to communicate learning how to pray like learning how to commit learning how to have discipline mm-hmm. all these things that everyone says like millennials are so scared of you can grow up by committing to god like you can grow up and have discipline and it will just God like loves you so much and wants to grow you and sanctify you that He'll make you better in every area of your life. Like He just mm-hmm. He's never done and He always wants to make everything better and reflect Him more. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And I've seen that a lot in your life. Like if anybody knows Megan, she's
1: she's like I think a couple years younger than me. Well, I'm a grade us. younger than you. Okay, and you, it's just so clear that God has been at work in your life and so many ways from your marriage to your family to the people that have come to know the Lord because of your faith. Like You've done so much for the kingdom of God and have matured way quicker than somebody your age. And I believe, and I know you believe actually for yourself too, that it's because of the amount of time you've spent with Jesus and how much you've prioritized that. I think that it's just matured you in ways beyond beyond other people. So I think that's so cool. I want to know one thing for me, I, there's been seasons in my life where I have felt connected with the Lord, yeah. but haven't been disciplined about like actually sitting down yeah. and having like quiet time. Like I've like just gone about my days and been yeah. like, just like talking with the Lord. And I've honestly like thought that was fine. I was really like apathetic towards any sort of discipline and I just talked to him in the car when I had a a three minutes or I would listen to music worship music and be like this is my time with Jesus we are connected (laughs) and never actually like (laughs) sat with him um what's the difference like what's the difference of actually like setting time with him and planning and prioritizing it versus just like talking to him
2: it is a good question and I think that it's more about what I'm like I talked about with Trevor like looking for that perspective I think that what it really does is kind of like makes you more aware instead of like you randomly being like oh this is this is my time with Jesus it's like just going about your daily life and being like oh this is my this is like an answer to my prayer it's like God's like I feel like God when we spend time with him we sit down with him he kind of just gives us like our marching orders and I feel like I I am pushed into different like conversations and different like scenarios than I typically would in my other day because I'm like ready to be used by God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that you're not ready to be used if you're not spending time with him, but sometimes it's like I'm sitting down and all of a sudden I'm like, gosh, I really feel like I need to call Allie yeah. and I don't know why and I don't know what's going on with her, but it's like And if you get quiet, you can get instructions and it's like Mm, we might be like receiving God. And it's like I think that that is as amazing and impactful. And you you feel those feelings because you've spent so much time with God. Like you're in tune, you're driving your car and you're feeling him like he feels real to you because he is real to you. But in the times where I'm like sitting under instruction in silence, it's like, no. Stop ignoring this. You need to call your sister right now. And then all of a sudden she answers and it's like, oh, I know why I needed to call her. And I would miss that if I didn't like get quiet. And I think it's more the intentional like stop of like what I need from God and try to listen to like what he wants to do through me, yeah, and that's really I think the difference, and I don't think one's like better or worse than the other. I just think that there's a little bit more mission and like intention mm-hmm. when I'm with him. I feel like I'm out doing his work, yeah. And yeah. when I'm like just randomly like, oh, like I love that. God so yeah. much. It's just like it's just like kind of a, a cool feeling. It is an amazing sure. feeling. But it, it feels more like strategic,
1: yeah, for sure. And you're I like, love that. you're ready. Like you're ready yeah. to like speak into people's the Bible lives says that too. Like he really yeah. does
2: like equip you and fill you up, and then yeah. you get You're, like, your life sees fruit from it. Yeah, but you like don't have fruit in other places. But it's like he wants to like make you a special utensil for honorable yeah, use. like for sure. And, that, and doing that is like dwelling in him.
1: And there's opportunity. There's times he, he wants to use you in your every single day, like on yeah. a Tuesday, on a Monday. Yeah. Every single day he wants to use you. And I mean, I experienced that in my everyday. Like there's times where I walk in my house after a long day at work and my roommate is super down and sad. Yeah. And I can't be like, Natalie, wait a minute. Cue the music, get yeah. the band. Yeah. Like yeah, 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 yeah. I've just got to be like ready to <laughs> right. speak into her life, right. and like yeah. if I wouldn't be ready if I didn't spend time with Jesus, I would honestly just toss it, walk past it, not do anything about yeah. it. And that's why yeah. quiet time's so cool.
0: And I think when we think about time with God, I love it because I think there's like. There's your maintaining your relationship with God, and there's the strengthening moments, and yeah. both are important. Totally, like you've got to maintain day to day, but you also have those of really intentional moments where you strengthen. That's yeah. the perfect and, analogy. Yeah. yeah, and it's like with a friendship, like you know, when I'm, I have a friend with Ken's, and if all I did in Ken's and I's friendship was check in um, twice a week for five minutes, honestly. I would still be friends, but like we wouldn't have much more depth in our friendship. And so like if, but when we take those times and we go out to dinner and we spend three hours in depth where we're like diving in, I'm really getting to know the places. Asking the hard questions. That's when the strengthening comes and you've got to have the balance of both. So like, yes, there are those moments where you got to set those appointments. You got to be with God. You got to say, I'm shutting everything else out and I'm going to be here because I'm strengthening this walk. And then you also have those moments where you're worshiping for three minutes in the car. Totally. You're getting your oil changed and you're reading your Bible for 15 minutes. Like Those moments matter just as much because if you neglect those, it's only about those three hour intensives. Totally. Then you'll miss moments with your roommate and things like that. And I think that's so cool. I think it's really cool. I think you see maturity in your walk with God too. When you're time with the Lord stops being just about you and like my heart and like my emotions and my my feelings and like, God, I'm just so wrapped up in this. Like, and your time with the Lord becomes about mission and your time with the Lord becomes Mm -hmm. about like affecting the world around you. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a big reason why so many of us get fed up with this whole idea of, Quiet time, because honestly, it's exhausting talking about yourself all the oh time. My gosh. Like when you talked about, you get over journaling your feelings. Like I get over journaling my feelings. I get over saying my yeah, feelings I'm, I'm like, like,
2: I sound <laughs> like the most annoying person yeah. in the world. Like same. Say in the yeah. L- oh,
0: I'm like over myself, yeah. and I think that a lot of us, I think especially like just our generation, we need that switch. That like honestly, we don't spend time with God just so that we can feel good about ourselves. We spend time with God because we all have a purpose and a mission and God wants to use us. Right, And that's it's that equipping time. And so I think like just that shift in quiet time, I feel like God's really taught me that over the last couple Mm of years where in college, I had the perspective of like, I have to feel good. So I have to be with God. Or I'm
2: I started a women's ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, so I need this just matches. Yeah. 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 And I don't, I think that we all kind of get there. Yeah. And I just like for the girl who's like the striving girl and, and the girl who's over it and all of that, just like don't let, so we all feel like on track with the mission thing. If you're not there yet, Ask God to get you there. Like we're, we we did not get here overnight. Like this yeah. is years of struggle and years of making ourselves feel better, mm-hmm. striving, yeah. doing it because we're in ministry, doing it because our friends doing it, doing because it we're on a coffee date, doing it for Instagram, whatever. Like mm. there is genuine moments with God, even in those times where your motivations maybe aren't the most pure or you don't even know why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Not that you're like manipulative, but just keep showing up yeah ask god be super honest with where you are the more honest you are with god the more the faster you're going to transform because if you can't be honest with god you're not going to be honest anywhere else in your life and when all of a sudden you start saying to god like i am only doing this to post this on instagram and i hate that about me can you please give me a desire to hear from you change my heart all of a sudden you're like ooh. Yeah, I never want to say that again. <laughs> like, yeah. let's let's yeah. make this change. Yeah. And So just like, don't get down on yourself if you're if you're not there yet. You will get there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Sure. Okay,
2: I think we're we're getting close
0: to wanting to wrap things up, but yeah. I really want to know. So for girls that are. A have like never done this. Yeah, like they're like, I don't even know what this looks like. Yeah. What do you do? Or for B, for girls who are like, I'm fed up with the way I've done it, right. so I need new life brought in. Okay, this. I'm gonna go quick through. Give this. me this some is practical is not ways. My
2: prayer outline. It's Becky's, and we can put in the show notes like a link. There's, I think she has a free download on her website, so I'm not sharing anything that's like secretive. She was a cheerleading coach in high school, and she came up with this P A R T L M N O P. So. God's part and my part, and it P stands for praise every day. So with that daily Bible I talked about, there's a psalm in it, and that's where usually where I start. So I read the psalm, and honestly, sometimes the psalm is like fat cats. Have you ever noticed that the psalm says fat cats? Fat cat. It'll just say like random weird yes. stuff, and I'm like, this is like probably <laughs> not psalms, getting me in the, the perspective. The psalm can either be like so amazing, and you're or like so my heart, or you're like strange, what? like so emo. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, okay, um, but I. It's all about getting yourself in that perspective that we're talking about. Like, yeah. understand who you're going to. Picture him real life. And whatever, however you get there, do that. If that's listening to worship music, if that's, I don't know, just everybody's different. For me, if I'm not writing and reading, I am, I'm on Instagram. I'm zoned out. I'm on my phone. I'm now, like, on on the phone, like, talking to my mom, doing my hair. Like, I need to be locked in. So I read the psalm, and I'll write and paraphrase the like the way this Psalm reminds me of who God is. Mm-hmm. So it's all about like getting just in the zone. This sounds weird to say, but A is for admit. And I think this could be controversial, but it's like really just confessing your sins every day. Not that God didn't deal with sin, that, he, that he's mad at you for the sin. It's really about that maturity and that sanctification and that growing and transforming out of it. So Becky taught me and i what i do is i usually write psalm 139 23 and 24 like search me oh god know my heart and i what what comes up from that search i write and no matter how embarrassed i am and how much i want to burn my journal after and i can't (laughs) believe i'm still writing this and you act like you're one way and look at this what you just wrote i Mm. understand that he cleansed me forgives me and moves on and when you confess your sins is just to forgive and that's it. Like you don't need to dwell on that, but you do need to get it out of the way. Like you got to get a clean heart and a clear heart and a clear mind. If you're sitting, if you go right into journaling and you're like, I mean, I'm praying that you'll take care of me, but I just cussed out my whatever. Like you can't feel like you're even worthy. We are worthy. Like God just wants us to deal with our shame. And then he's like, all right, let's talk. And in requests, so the R is for request, and I've done this in a couple ways. I used to be so intense that I would like type it out and pray. Like Mondays, pray this. This is like embarrassing that I'm even saying this, but like Tuesdays, <laughs> pray this, because I, I've found it it's so effective. Like God mm. answers has answered yeah. so many of my prayers. Yeah. And in requests, I just pray for for myself, for people in my life, for big dreams for circumstances that I need breakthrough. And it's funny, like going through my request stuff is like, there's a lot in there that he didn't answer. So Mm -hmm. like, how do I deal with that? I look at all the stuff he did answer and understand like, that wasn't God's will for me. I prayed for Brian to be in the big leagues for like five years. He's now in finance and he'll never be in the big leagues. Yeah. Does that mean God's not good? No, it just means like that just wasn't part of our story. So Mm -hmm. in the, the T is thanks. And it's just like a thank you note and gratitude with God. And that's obviously like really easy to do. And it's just, I think it's a good reminder. And then the L M N O P is like listening. So now it's like, I kind of shift into that listening portion of my quiet time
1: mm-hmm. and
2: I'll, that's when I read the Bible. So yeah. I read like new mm-hmm. Testament, old Testament proverbs cause I've already read the Psalms and a little tip and trick that I learned is always keeping a blank piece of paper next to you and that is where I write down like my to do's for the day. Cause mm-hmm. the cool thing about God is like, he, he will bring truth to light and bring things to light. Like, I mean, if there's something that I, Oh shoot, I need to pay the gas bill. Like I could so easily be like, okay, I'm going to pay the gas bill. I'll be right back. And, you yeah. know, like you go and do that and all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, three hours have passed. I'm on a lunch date. Like yeah. wasn't <laughs> I wasn't, i going to go back to that. So instead of like, If I don't write it down or like make note of it in the moment, I just totally forget to do it all in whole. So I keep I do keep like a little post-it note stack or like to do list or something and I'll write down like things that come to mind like, oh, yeah, I need to send a birthday card to so-and-so and just like just keep moving forward, like keep focused. Like you really need to train yourself to focus. And our attention spans are so short and it's so hard. But if you can just like set aside a time and set aside a place and I'm giving you bones, but every quiet time looks so different like I'm not saying I'm like writing out like P praise and I'm like doing that it's natural to me because I learned that method yeah and now because I had super strict structure I can experience my quiet time in other ways but I do try to hit those like yeah I need to thank God for this today I need to like uh, we really got to work through this admit thing like I got to get past it so that's like Mm yeah yeah those are the bones of what I do, but it it Mm. totally looks different for everyone.
0: Yeah. I think it's so good for people who just don't know where to begin or need a Mm. fresh start. And I mean, I've definitely like there've been moments where I think I tried to apply the PART and it does. I think eventually like, you know, I think the best quiet, the best time with Jesus is truly the time where you just feel free to talk to him, where you feel free to ask him questions, where you feel free to Mm. vent, where you feel free to like say the parts of like your heart that you just aren't willing to share with some other people. Cause he's the yeah. safest place. He's the safest place. Yeah. And I think like some people we need that structure and we need to start there Yeah, and start there, like download this thing from the show notes and start there and do that. And then some people just like need to be reminded that, mm. Hey, this isn't a time where you have to follow a routine. This is a time where you get to ask your father questions, like ask him questions, right? get to know him. You know, when you just are so curious about someone, when you're curious about someone, you ask him questions, you get to know more of them. And then like, that's where the cool conversation starts happening. So I love that that's both. It's both like a resource for people and hopefully like a refresh for some people too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And for everybody listening, who's like, oh, my gosh, now I've got to spend an hour a day. That is not the point. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the point. No, and I'll say depends I can both admit. Yeah. Personally. We maybe don't do an hour <laughs> no, a day. not the point And we don't do an hour a day. And that's the reality. It looks different for everybody. It really does. Like Megan is has a personality where this yeah. is what works best for her. And, you know, Mac and myself have different ways of doing it, and everybody does. Um, the point of what we're trying to say is that it is so important yeah. to not only like sit with God, to listen to God's voice and be quiet and still and to read his word because those words are going to jump off the pages and into your life. Like It's just hugely important. And it really might, like for me, usually it looks like 30 minutes. like, And then it's also a daily conversation. If you're not daily talking to God throughout the day, like we were talking about before, that's huge too. You should be constantly connected with the Holy Spirit and you find that through that rooted time with Him. Um, But it doesn't have to be an hour. It can be shorter. It could be, and honestly, some days, like even for me, I'll just say one thing: like I love to go on prayer walks. It's like one of my favorite thing. I'll listen to scripture sometime, and sometimes I pray, and I have a really intentional routine. Can through you
0: to run in college with the Bible, like reading, you know, the Bible voice. Oh, yeah. If you just play the Bible, but with no headphones, just yeah. like out loud. Should so be running going. and
1: you'd be like, John I never could find my headphones. To blah, blah, blah. Still today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, the um, and I could go for. Three hours. So sometimes my period and sometimes you just want to sit in silence and don't stop. Just like be with God for so long. Yeah. Like be with God for a short period of time. Whatever it is, just be with God. It's where it's we like just get sent.
2: Being intentional. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. then it takes its own form. Yeah. Based off your personality, your schedule, all those yeah. things. But if unless you make a daily decision, a non-negotiable appointment with God, yeah. That just means like one o'clock going for a walk. Whatever it is, get it like get serious schedule like, it as yeah. leaders, we have to do this and yeah. it's like it's the it's if you want growth if you want change if you're sick of the same old like this is how you get that yeah. for sure yeah
1: and I also agree with the routine like I think there's some sort of um not that it has to be the same way every day but I think having some sort of finding out how you hear from him and yes. how you see him what your time time's going to look like. like you have to figure that out for yourself and you, it's good to like stick with it because there's a way that we like to communicate with yeah, God and yeah you should go after that and figure that out um I even reminds me of like going to the gym like yeah. you go to the gym without a plan you're just like kind of wandering the gym <laughs> and you leave <laughs> 20 accomplished. water accomplished yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh-huh. uh, and there's a difference of going to the gym and sweating and leaving feeling like you just killed it and yeah, like yeah. I think I I I can relate that to my quiet time. There's sometimes in my quiet time where, like, I feel like I got nothing out of it and it's genuine because there's no intention. There was no, like, there wasn't really a plan or or, uh, anything set for it. And so it lacked mostly everything. So I think it's important to find the way that you like to do it and, like, kind of stick with it in some sort of way.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, like, I think it's healthy and good to admit, like, maybe you're sitting there and you're listening, you're like, honestly, like, I just don't have a desire right now to like be with God. Like when I sit there, I just I don't desire it, and I think that's okay because the way you earn and the way that you gain that desire is through this. So like, do it the first day. Yeah, do it the first day. And like you said, Megan, ask, say God, like give me a desire to want to spend time with you, to want to be with you, and then watch as God truly does like Mm. transform your heart, like this isn't a natural thing in us in a lot of ways. Like until you have a heart that is in love with the father, yeah. you're not going to have a heart that maybe wants to spend time with him. So you got to work on first, just like building up that heart muscle that like mm. loves him. Because if you totally. love him, you're going to want to spend time with yeah. him. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, what a fun conversation. It was so fun. Seriously, so fun. I feel like we could go on for hours. We maybe (laughs) did go on for hours. I don't really know. Um, But it was so awesome. Megan, seriously, like you are just an inspiration to me. I mean, the fact that we get to all work together in the same office is just the coolest thing ever. It is a dream come true. It truly, truly is. We are so thankful to have you. And if you want to connect with Megan, you can find her on the gram at Megan May Miller.
2: Oh yeah! Oh, I know wow. the gram My manager over here. Yeah, I
1: actually <laughs> was Megan's uh, Megan's creative director for a while. She was. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you for having me. Have the best day. We are so excited to introduce you
0: guys to our new leadership course, Go Lead. Go Lead is a 12-week course designed for seniors or recent college graduates to mature in their spiritual authority and to activate their kingdom purpose. This course will be relationship-driven, spiritually challenging, and will increase your influence in your early 20s.
1: Practically, this will look like a group of 15 women chasing after the heart of God. We'll have weekly readings and teachings. There'll be a retreat in Nashville, Tennessee, one-on-one discipleship with Mac and I. It's gonna be absolutely incredible. You can apply at delightministries.com/slash go lead, and applications will be open until September 27th. You, you are a leader. Go lead.